Okay, this Haftarah is one of the most unique in all of Navi because there's a Sefer called Evadya, one of the Treyasa. It has one parak, one paragraph, and this is it. It's really cool. If you're ever desperate and you're down and you want to like finish something like in its entirety, tonight you can do that. I hope it's a Sefer Evadya. The entire Sefer Evadya we're learning tonight. Feels good already, right? Okay, and this is all Ayyavadya, so to speak, is coming. So, question is, what's he saying? Why is he saying it? So, let's give you a little bit of background who Ayyavadya was. Ayyavadya was a convert who was from Edom. And this week's Haftarah is a prophecy about the downfall well, I should say first the power and then the downfall of Edom. Edom is, is, is translated as Rome, but America is Edom. Edom is um, just the children of Esau versus Yishmael, the children. The non-Jews are split into two groups. Okay, there's 70 nations, 35. The Holy Ghost has an exact mathematical equation how this works, but we're not going to go into it now. 35 come from Yishmol. Obviously, today there's offshoots of it, but the main nations are 70. 35 are from Esau. Obviously, mostly the Christian and Muslim world. That's obviously the big split. Um, Edom is Esau, which is pretty much the uh, the Christian world. That's when we talk about Esau. Again, things have gotten lost over the years, but usually Esau and Yishmol. Those are the, the two... Uh, Okay, I'm uh, Dr. Bauman, I'm staying out of your turf tonight. I'm sticking to Esau. We're, we're not, uh, Ishmael's another conversation. We're not going that route now. But Esau, obviously the connection to the parasha is obvious. In this week's parasha, Yaakov meets Esau. And Esau comes with an agenda. He's ready to kill Yaakov. In the middle, something happens. He sees something and he switches to plan B. It's fascinating. He decides, forget it. I'm not going to destroy him by killing him. I'm going to destroy him with love. I'm going to hold on to him, grab him, and assimilate him. It's extremely important to point out. I'll prove it to you in the Pasuk. It says Esau came charging with 400 people, Imai. And then it says, Does anyone know the difference between there's two words in Hebrew that seem the same. Imai and Itai, right? You ever wonder why there's two words for it? Never thought about it, huh? Don't worry, no one else did either. But the Vulnan guy did. And he proves that Imai means when two people are walking together with the same goal and this, exactly the same mindset, same passion, it's called Imai. When two people are physically walking together but they're not in the same page, it's called Itai. For example, it says, the Loit HaHeilich Es doesn't say Imabram. Lloyd and Avram were walking together. They looked the same, but they were not the same. So originally it says Esav came with 400 people, Imai. And then when he's talking to Yaakov, he says the 400 people, Asher E.T., that are with me. It switches. Because the 400 men were out to kill. So Esav says, we came, all of us, with one goal to kill you. But then we changed plans. And we'll see he gives him a hug. And he decides he's going to love him. Yaakov picks this up. What's Yaakov's prayer to Hashem? Hatsileni na miyad achi umiyad Esav. Does anyone remember that, that pasuk? Save me from my brother from Esav. Last I checked, Yaakov had how many brothers? Two. 
one. So how many of you would have figured out on your own if it just said Hatzileni Nam Yad Achi that we're referring to Esav? Majority of you? Good. So why does it say Achi and then Esav? Tells us the Beis HaLevi, there's two ways Esav tries to kill us. Sometimes it's Achi, my brother, assimilation. Sometimes it's Esav. Ironically, which one is Yaakov more scared of? Which one does Yaakov say first? Achi. Because when you're killed, when someone pulls out a knife at you, you know to protect yourself. When someone is, is, is killing you, you know, subtly, it becomes a much more dangerous thing. So we have to see why Esav switches his plan. What's Esav doing today? In America, we're actually in the middle of a transition, so we have to understand that people are confused. America used to welcome. Some people are feeling less welcome. We've had a little rude awakening here ourselves. Uh, in Brighton, Massachusetts in 2022. You know, 20, so we have to focus because this is the Haftarah about that. This is the Haftarah that talks about the relationship between Yaakov and Ezeb. And remember what I shared with you. The Haftarah is taking the parasha and predicting it to real life. What? Let's understand our relationship with Esav. We need to understand it because we really are the triggers of this relationship. How Esav responds to us is how we respond to Esav. We need to understand this. So, we wanted to prophesize about Esav's power and ultimately downfall, which is what the Haftar talks about. We decided we're going to choose someone who comes from Esav. And therefore we take a convert. Avadia was a convert from Esav. And the only prophecy he says, or the only prophecy that what? That we bring from him is the downfall of Edmund. So the famous Pasuk, what we say every morning in the we will ultimately come to Hartzion, which is Yushalayim. And what are we going to do there? To judge Esau. That's the last Pasuk in this week's after. So that's the uh, cherry on top. That's the good days when we're finally, once and for all, going to put Esau to judgment and deal with him. But we have way to go until there. So let's begin. So the Haftarah, I'm going to give you the overview first. Predicts that Esau is going to get, Edom is going to get super powerful. And Kosh Baruch says you're going to become full of yourself and haughty. And you're going to do two things wrong. During the first base Hamikdash, it was not Edom that destroyed it. Who was it? The Bukhanetzah, the Babylonians. But Esau watched, laughed, and helped. The second base of Mikdash, who destroyed? Adam himself. And the Navi, Ovadia, is going to say, when Akadjbarhu tells Esav why he's going to suffer in the end of days, he says, because in the first base of Mikdash, you ignored and you laughed and you were an accomplice and you didn't care when your brother's blood was pouring. And then in the second base of Mikdash, you were the problem. And then Akadjbarhu says, with whose power are we going to win against Esav? Anyone knows the famous Pasuk? The Pasuk says, which we'll have to get to, Beis Yaakov Laish. Yaakov is going to be fire. And Yosef is going to be Lahava, Sparks. Beis Esav will be a Lakash. And Esav is going to be like dry straw. What happens when sparks touch straw? And again, who's the one that's chosen here? Yosef, which we have to explain as well. And that's the prediction of the downfall of Edom. So let's 
begin. So let's again, why Edom? So the first reason I shared this because Edom came, was a descendant of Edom. But the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us something fascinating. Why Edom? And he says the following, does anyone know Ivadi's history? Okay, have you ever heard of Achav and Izebel? The infamous couple. Achav and Izebel, what did they do? They killed everybody. And there was a, Ovadia was the butler in their palace. And he hid 100 Sadiqim, Tamir Chaman, do you remember this? And he fed them from the house behind the backs of Achav and Esau and, and Izebel. And listen to a fascinating Gemara. Says the Gemara, let someone who was raised in a house of evil, of Achav and Izebel, and did not become influenced by them, May he come and prophesize about someone like Esau who lived in the house of Yitzhak and Rivka who were such sadiqim and was not influenced by them. Sounds like a little interesting, right? If you plan to stay until the end of this year, you'll be okay. Okay, I will get to it. But this is a fascinating Gemara. Let me repeat one more time. Clear. Let someone who was not influenced, he was the amazing human being that Avadya was. He lived in the house of the cruel Achav and Izevel. The cruelty that they did, the people that they killed, they were honestly, goes down in history as one of the worst couples in history. Achav and Izevel. They killed out everyone that got in their way. And even people who didn't get in their way. They brought Avadya to Zarek to Israel. Terrible, terrible stories. Yet Avadya lived in their home and did not get affected. He was, the, he resembled not being influenced. Let him come and prophesize against Esau, who what? Did not get influenced. He was raised in a home of Yitzhak and Rivka, and he didn't get influenced. So it sounds like very tit for tat, but with Hashem's help, we will explain it. Okay? So what exactly does this all mean? And interestingly, just to prove, just to bring a smile to your faces, we said, who's the power against Esau? We just spoke out. Who's the power that's going to help us destroy Esau? Yosef. What was Yosef's flag? He lived in Mitzrayim. Was he influenced? Yosef was the... He resembles in Kalal Yisrael who? That who doesn't get influenced. He's the power against Esau who didn't get influenced in the other way. So we need to understand how fascinating this is. Okay? Now what's interesting is we know that Yitzchak loved Esau. That's a Pasuk we all struggle with. And what does the Pasuk say? Kitzayid bepiv. What does that mean? So people who don't know translate the Pasuk because he fed Yitzchak. That's a little bit. Uh, I think Yitzchak was a little more uh, above the menu that he ate, right? No, 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 no. Because he said Esau's going to have Ovadia come out of him who is going to feed the hundred Tamir Chachamim. But Yehav, Yitzchak is Esav, tells us Chazal, Kitzayid Bepiv, because he's going to have someone good come out of him. So Vadi is this guy who comes out, who's going to end up feeding. And I know some of you might be a little skeptical, so let me tell you something. When Esav is leaving, he tells Yaakov, Atsiga, I will leave someone here, some of my men, to help you. And the word Atsiga is the exact gematria of Avadia, which means... He tells him, don't push me away so quickly. 
I have something to sell as well. That means Aesop's claim to fame is this Avadia. Little did he know that Avadia one day is going to come and say, Zadie, Grandpa, I don't have such good news for you. And he's going to be the one that's what? And you have to remember that the war between Yaakov and Esau is exactly this influence. Before I even get to that, let me give you a quick introduction over here. It says, what, we all know that Yaakov meets Esau. What does the Pesach say? The Sar of Esau. It says he came by Ya'avik Ishimoy. They don't know what the word by was. By means he tried to grab onto him. He tried to connect. Yusuf says, let me influence you. Who remembers the Pesach? I wish we had a Chumash open, but we can't. We don't have time. It says, Vayivaser Yaakov Levadoi. What does Levadoi mean? He was not influenced. He remained who he was. Yaakov is strong. Yaakov is grounded. Yaakov can be in the house of Esav. He can be in the house of Lavan. He could be anywhere and everywhere. He remains who he is. This is the power of Yaakov. And Esav does his best, as we mentioned, to what? By Yavik Yeshima. He tries so hard to what? To grab onto him. And what happens? No. It's not going to work. So much so, it says, By Yavik Yeshima. You know what the Gemara says? That he, they kicked up the dust and the dust went till the Kisei HaKavah, the Gemara says. What's the significance of that? Does anyone know something very interesting? Does anyone know what's on the four corners of Hashem's throne? Anyone curious? The Navi tells us. So it's not a secret. I'm not telling you like something that I read in my Kabbalah Sefer. Relax. Very okay. There's a lion. An eagle. An eagle. What else? It's tough stuff, huh? An ox. An ox. And there is a person, Adam. They don't know who that person is. It's Yaakov Avinu, the Gemara tells us. What's fascinating is, in last week's parasha, what does he say? Achein yesh Hashem When he wakes up, he says, Achein yesh Hashem Right? It's God. Remember when he's sleeping? Then he says, yadati. You ready for this? The word achen is what? If you go through the Rashi Tevis, again, what is achen? So we have the um, the um, the other three things besides Yaakov, the Nesher, and then comes Anoichi, the Yud is Yaakov. Yaakov says when he dreams, I didn't realize that I'm on the Kisei Achen, the other three he knew, but Anoichi adds the Yud. He says, I didn't know that I'm the fourth one that's there, which means Yaakov has a realization when he fights Esau and he does not get influenced, that's what represent. that's why he was chosen. Avram and Yitzhak had very relatively, they had tests, but they didn't go through what Yaakov went through. Yaakov is a Jew in exile who goes in and stays strong. That's the highest level of a Jew. Yaakov is the ultimate of, of the Jewish people. But anyway, we'll get to that as we move on. But I just want to quickly explain how in the Haftarah, and then we'll get into explain why Yaakov and Esau are who they become. Where Esau went wrong. Okay. You're going too fast there? Okay. Let's slow down. Okay. We're gonna, okay. We're, we're going to slow down. So let's first see the, the Haftarah, but I really, we're going to have to go through it. I'm going to split the Haftarah into three parts. Okay. 
Haftira <coughs> is Chazayin um, Avadi. See the beginning. Hashem tells Edoim, Shmuah Shamanu Meis Hashem Batsir Bagayim Shulach Kuma Min Akuma Allah Lamachama. Because Baruch Hu says that we are going to go to war against you. Now, because Baruch Hu starts off, Hinei Katan Asadich Bagayim. You are a very small nation. You are not a very distinguished nation back in the day. But, listen to this. We're now labeling what Esau's essence is. Your, we'll see Esau represents gaiva, haughtiness. You're sitting on the top of the world and I believe you know what you're saying in your heart. Me, who's ever going to bring me down? And Hashem warns to the people that hold themselves very low, very high, you're going to come down. In You're going to lift yourself up like an eagle. Eagle's the highest, right? Mm-hmm. What is America? What's American symbol? Whatever. Okay, we're not going to go into that now. Okay, that's where it comes from. And between the stars, American flag. I don't know. Hashem says, if you're going to stick your head up really high and be full of yourself, I'm going to bring you down. And then the passage continues saying how Esau is going to be how Esau is going to be um, let's go to Pasuk Ches, and I'm sorry, just Haloi b'yoy mahu no'om Hashem v'havadati chachma b'yadoim Hashem says, I'm going to take all the bright people from Edoim, u'tvurim ha'reisa, which means they are going to be a very sophisticated nation, a very brilliant nation. And because Baruch says, I'm going to remove all your smart people from you. And your great people are going to be scared. Why? Now, Pasuk Yud is the, is the key here. Why will all this happen to you? Because when your brother Yaakov was assaulted, you what? You... You bothered him, you stole from him, and for that you're going to be cut away forever. Now here we talk about the first base of Mikdash. The day that people stormed the base of Mikdash. What happened? What does Nachrim mean? The foreigners came in the doors. You were like one of them. In what way? What's the rule? If you don't stop it, it's considered that what? Like you did it. Like you did it. The Altera. Okay? And even if you didn't do it, but don't look at your brother, on the day where he's being alienated. Don't laugh and snicker on the day of his pain. This is all going on what? On the first Base of Mikdash. And now comes the second base of Mikdash. And this is where they themselves destroyed it. And then it goes on. It just speaks of all the crimes that he did. As Platov, we went ahead and they took all our, the people that survived, they tied up. And then now Pasik Tezvav to the end. Is Akash Baruch telling them what's going to happen to them in the end of days? And remember, who's saying this? Evadio. 
Just like you did to everyone else, what's going to happen? What happened to you? What's the concept in, in Judaism with Hashem called Mida Kanegamida? Exactly what you did. Just like what? You what? You gave us to drink bitter, bitter cups. Like drinking bitter, Yishtu called Goyim Tamid v'Shas of Loi Kloyoyu, and then here's the pasuk, V'Hatzia and Tia Plato. The what? You're not going to have where to run, but finally in Eretz Yisrael we will have refuge. V'Yikodesh v'Yoshu Beis Yaakov Eis Marishayim, and then here's the pasuk that I read you: V'Hoyu Beis Yaakov Eish U'Beis Yosef Lahaba U'Beis Yosef Lekash V'Doku Bahem V'Achalum. Hashem says there's not going to be anywhere for Esau to run. And the Pasuk continues till finally the last Pasuk of what? Again, I couldn't read every Pasuk because we'll, we'll be here all night just reading the Pasuk. So, allow me to expound a little bit about what's going on over here. Understand how do you understand that you can have a kid like Esau growing up in Yitzhak and Rivka's house. Where did they go wrong? Where did he go wrong? What was the original fight that we know Esau was already fighting in his mother's womb? Rashi tells us they were fighting about Olam Hazer, Olam Haba. I don't know. I've seen kids fight about a lot of things. Not about Olam Hazer and Olam Haba, right? Is, uh, I think almost everything else I've seen kids fight about. I mean, not my kids. When other people come to visit, I see their kids fighting. And my kids don't fight. But other people's kids. But what, how do you, what do you have that you have two babies fighting about Olam Hazer and Olam Habo? Rashi says, Esau says, I want this world. Yaakov says, I want Olam Habo. But what exactly are they fighting for? Man? Okay? Not only that, everyone knows there's a fight about Bechayra. Bechayra means the right to firstborn. What is that? The Maral explains something fascinating. You ever wonder about the word Bechayr? What does the word Bechayr mean? Firstborn. How's the word Bechayr spelled? Bez, Chaf, and Resh. Anything significant? Stop. There's a very cute story about two brothers. True story. Uh, one was a big Talmud Chacham, the older brother, and the second one was a very simple guy, he didn't know much. The father died, and the older brother comes to the younger brother and says, I got good news, and I got bad news and bad news. Number one, daddy died. And number two, it's time to inherit, and the rule is the oldest son gets double, which is true. The younger brother says, you're pulling my leg. You know I don't know anything. So you're telling me it's not true. He says, no, I'm really serious. He says, stop. So he says, really? I know the alipase. Show me the alipase, and I'll let you do it. I'll show you in the alipase. I'm he says, you show me the Alpes, it's yours. So guess what? Thank God the Vilna Goyen lived in Vilna. They went to the Vilna Goyen. They said, what wants to do with my brother? He's a pain in the neck. He wants to see it in the Alpes. Goyen says, that's easy. He says, how do you spell the word Bechor? Bez, Chaf, Reish. What's the numerical value of uh, Bez? Two. Chaf, 20. 20. Reish, 200. So the only three letters in the, alpha, in the Alpes that double the letter before it are Bez, Chaf, and Reish. Right? Bez doubles an Aleph. And they're all roots of two. 
Right? They're all related to number two. Because the essence of Bechor is two. So it's double. He was trying to bring out in Hebrew every word. I wish he would have had more stories, no? It's a shame that those. I wish there were more Nudniks like that. We could have had so many more stories. But there's a famous story to Vilna Gaon. He said, the essence of Bechor. Says the Maral, Bechor stands for two. The second world. Yaakov and Asa were fighting about the Olam Haba, which is the second world, says the Maral. That means um, when Yaakov bought the Bechor, Yaakov tells Asa, you could keep Olam Hazeh, you keep this world, I want Bechor, Bechor, I want the, the second world. That represents Olam Haba. That's why Asa says, I want to eat, live, and be merry. I'm not interested in, in the world to come. And Yaakov's like, please, can I have it? But there's a deal. You get Olam Hazeh only, and I get Olam Haba only. Now, What's the problem? The deal went great. Till this week's parasha. Esav comes and he says, Me? Malacha? Ela? He says, What are you doing with these women and children? He looks at Yaakov and Yaakov has these most beautiful wives as we know the Imayas were and he has beautiful children. He has all this Shor V'chamar and Esav fuming at him. He says, We made a deal. What's my deal? Well, I get all of Hazeh. I have nothing. I have a bunch of cranky, Odavoidazar wives. My kids all rebelled and left me. Look at you. And Yaakov's like, no, you don't get this. This is all my book. And Aesop gets very confused. And Aesop actually offers him, he says, so can we split? I'll get half of your alum. Habon, you get ha- I don't want to have a Yehom Hazeh. And the Maral explains that what he tells him, he's, well, what does Esav say? Nilcha, let's walk together. So that's a simple shot. Maral says, Esav says, let's split again. I want half. And Yaakov says, the kids are too weak. You remember that Pasuk? If you're going to chase them, they're not going to have to go. He says, I, I can't afford to give my kids. You could have half my Olam Habon, but I don't want Olam Hazeh. Because I'm nervous about my children if they're going to be strong enough to overcome these, um, this thing. So Esau becomes Olam Hazer. I'm going to explain that in a moment. I want to tell you something. Every, every letter in Torah is so important. We know when you want to say to somewhere, how do you say it? Le. Le. Or? No. no. No, there's another letter. If you put a letter at the end of the word, it's like putting a lam in the beginning of the word. I don't know what that is. A hey. Every time we talk about Esau, we say Seira. We don't say Laseir. Interesting, starting this week's parasha. Says the Maral, why? So you have to know a little bit of history. Ol Mabo was created with which letter? Look at Rashi and Parshas Bracious. That's always a busy week because you're busy cleaning up from circus. So no one has time to learn Parshas Bracious. Ol Mabo is created with a Yud. Ol Mazez is created with a Hey. Kibika Hashem Tzolam. Hashem created the world with a Yud and a Hey. Why Hey? Anyone know? Because the letter of Chuba is with a Hey. Because anyone could what? Hey is open on the bottom. There's a Gemara. So you can fall through. And then, so why is there an opening on top? To come back. Little little tip. Gemara says, why not come through the same end? Gemara says, because then you'll go up and down your whole life. If you want to do tshuva, it's a Gemara. Sounds like it's out of like some Kasidah Shasev, which by the way is amazing for me. But for some of you who are a little skeptical, it's a Gemara. And the Gemara says, that's why there's an entrance on the top. So the reason why we always say Seiro is because Esau is estimated. You want to hear something fascinating? Esau and Eretz Yisrael had three wives but only five kids. The minute he moved to Seir, he had thousands of offspring. Unbelievable. In Eretz Yisrael, he couldn't be productive. His essence was 
Seiro, Harseya. It's a very interesting thing. Okay. Now, let's get this all together. Let's try to figure out what Esav's mistake was. So, will Yaakov and Esav come? So, what was the greatest crime Esav gets accused for? He destroyed the base of Mikdash and he didn't stop the first destruction. What did Esav have with the base of Mikdash? So, when Yaakov meets Esav, he falls on what? Which part of his body? On his sabor. On his neck. And what does he do? As I'll say, he cries about the base of Mikdash. Where else do we find crying on necks about the base of Mikdash? What happens in Yosef and Benjamin cry when they fall in jail? They cry about the base of Mikdash. You ever wondered about that? Yosef, Yaakov and Yosef didn't see each other for how many years? 22 years. Benjamin and, ya- and, and Yosef didn't see each other. Because I'll say, what were they always crying about? The race of Mikdash. Every time they fell on someone's neck, they cried about the race of Mikdash. Why? So there's a Pasuk, a very famous Pasuk in Shia Shirim, that the base of Mikdash is called Kemigdal Tzavarech. The Mikdash is called a, a neck, a throat, I should say. Why? So simply put is, because if you want to kill someone, what do you do? It was the best place to kill him, to cut him, because that's where a person's life is. When he stole the base of Mikdash from us, what did they do to us? It's called base chayenu. We call the base of Mikdash our, our source of life. But the Shem Shmuel and the Bnei Yisrael and others say a much more interesting shot, more interesting, a different shot. And they say, what is the throat? The throat is the connection between what? The head and the body. Between the ruchnius, your mind, your neshamas where? In your mind and your body. And what was Esau? What did Esau do? He destroyed the base of Mekdash. They don't know what the essence of the base of Mekdash was. What was the essence of the base of Mekdash? You have to go back to the last week's parasha. There was a big ladder. And where was the top of the ladder? Shemayim. Where was the bottom? Alright, where was the exact center? Remember, Rashi brings down? Exactly where? Right over the place of the base of Mekdash. Exactly. Rashi Chomish. So far I'm telling you, very, nothing exotic. Why? The Maharal explains. What's the essence of the base of Mekdash? You took animals, bread, wine, oil, and what did you do to it? You transformed it into whatever that means, but pure Ruchnis, right? The base of Mikdash is the connection between what? The symbolism to the throat is what? What did Esav want to do when he kissed Yaakov? What did he want to bite into? And Yaakov's throat turned into to marble? I don't even remember that. It's also Rashi and Chumash. We should really do a Chumash Rashi here. All right? Rashi says, there's a, it says that he hugged him. There's a lot of dots on the word. Rashi says he, he, he pretended to want to hug him, but he really wanted to bite into his neck. And Hashem made that, what? Yaakov's throat turned into marble, and his uh, Esav's dentist made a lot of money. Let's just put it that way. I can't do the exact calculations of how many, uh, how many, uh, what's it called, how many, how many dentures he got. But anyway, Esau lost his teeth on the deal, by the way. But to make a long story short, he bit his throat. Because what was Yaakov's success? Yaakov's connection between his head and his body was perfect. Yaakov had wives, children, and money, but it wasn't Olam Haba. And it wasn't Olam Hazem, sorry. What was it? This was serving Hashem. He had shvatim. Yaakov's success that Esau couldn't stand was what? His throat. His ability to connect his head to his body. What was Esau? 
He had a wonderful head, but his body was rotten to the core. What did Hashem do? Which part of Esau got buried in the Mars of Machpelah? His head. You think these are things are funny? There's a symbolism. His head was good. He was raised by Yitzhak and Rivka. What could Esau not do? He could not connect what he thought and what he knew to his body. His body was full of desire and he couldn't control it. This is the essence of Esau. You want to laugh? Esau's son is Amalek. They don't know where the word Amalek comes from. It says Hashem Shmuel, when you take a bird in the base of Mikdash and you, what happens? Malika. I stole my whole share. It's called Malika. When you separate a head from the body, it's called Malika. And he says, what did Amalek do? When all the nations in the world knew, stay away from Kalisrael, right? Everyone was scared, right? After Yitzhak Mitzrayim. What did Amalek do? He ruined that connection. And he said, don't let your mind overpower. Let your hatred in your heart control your mind. That's Esau. He even destroyed Klai Yisrael when Klai Yisrael were their doctors. Let's go back in more recent history. When people decided it was worth killing out the Jews, they killed out their smartest and best, and they knew it. They let their hearts full of hatred overcome their minds. That We know we're destroying our scientists. We know we're destroying the people, our best doctors, but this is what we have to do because we hate in our hearts. We know from recent history where Amalek lives, right? The Gemara 3,000 years ago wrote, where's Amalek from? Amalek, the Gemara tells us in Megillah, no, this is a bad year. This is a great story. Amalek, the Gemara says, it hangs out in a place called, the Gemara wrote this almost 3,000 years ago, in a place called Jermamia. Gimoresh Mem Emiralov. 500 years ago, the Yavitz on the 400 years ago wrote on the side of his Gemara, today it's called Germania. For 400 years, people looked at that Gemara and said, come on, rabbis, you're joking. Germany! Look, the nicest people! People said that. They were. Culture, you know. Their culture. Oh, the rabbis missed it. Amalek must be in Iraq. Germany? Never. But what happened? Smart people. When there's hatred in the heart, what happened? They knew they're destroying their. They knew that the Third Reich is going to go down. It didn't make a difference. Because when you hate someone, you're willing to go down with him. This is Asaph. That no ability for his mind to control his body. Yaakov's essence was what? His mind controls his body. What is Ovadia coming to tell us? I lived in the house of Asaph, of Achav and Izevel. Where the sin that was so deep, they killed everyone. How did he do the ultimate tikkun from Esau? How did he, he, the opposite. We started with the Gemara, it sounded so strange. Let Ovadia, who lived between two evil people, come and testify Esau, who was not influenced by two tzaddikim. We said, no, Ovadia is coming to rectify, and that's why he is the good part of Esau. And he's coming to the dice of where he went wrong. How do you watch your brother dying? What does the Avadia scream at Esau? Your brother's dying. Yaakov is Esau's brother. You don't care? What does basic logic tell you? Basic feeling. Your heart was so filled with, with gaiva, was so filled with hatred that you could watch your own brother go. This is what Avadia. So Avadia who is not influenced by what? 
he was the one that was able to go ahead and want. And <coughs> he was the one who was able to go ahead and want and, and predict against Esau. So, we've got to tie this all together. So what's Esau? Esau is someone who's confused. And last week's Pasha, he says, feed me. Does anyone know what word he uses when he tells Yaakov to feed him? Halitainu no. What is the word Halitainu no? You never find it anywhere by a human being before. So do you know that in every single animal, whoever says we don't animals, there's a different verb for feeding every single kind of animal. You know this? It's a Mishnah Masech It's incredible. Halata is the action of feeding camels. Only camels. What's a camel? A camel is a mixture of what? Of, is a camel kosher? Or is a camel someone who's mixed up with his simonim? That's Esav. Ironically, he has a long neck. Oh, we could go with that, but there's a lot more to get into this, but not for now. This is Esav. resembles his uh, neck. It's not okay. It's a little weird, but anyway. What's the connection between Esav and Gamal? Gamal or it's a why Yitzchak had to ride on a Gamal. We can talk an entire share about camels. Why everything, when he, when he comes to find Esau, he has to have all the camels sitting. Camels is a big deal. But what's the, what's the essence over here? Understand that was missing over here is that Esau, Esau's issue is what? And the Gemara says, why is the camel not kosher? The Gemara says, because his neck is too long. It's interesting. It's, the problem is on his neck. He's confused. Esau last week is so confused. So again, let me just repeat clearly. Esau is doesn't get that Olam Haba and Olam Hazek could mix. This is why he's so confused when he sees Yaakov. He says it's either or. Everything is black and white. His connection is severed. His head is wonderful, but his head cannot overpower his body. That, that, that's what he says. Everyone knows very famously Aristotle, right? So I think Aristotle was uh, the most brilliant. The Rishonim quote him all the time. He was the ultimate Chachmei Edain. And he uh, used to preach ethics, but it was famous in his private life. I'm not going to get into it. I won't even talk in the shul about what he used to do. You can do your own research, or maybe don't. He was honestly, uh, his behavior was, uh, he'd been into live rabbits. He, uh, like you always said, wonder why Hashem in Nabeir not to bite into Abram and Achai. Who was it for? It was for Aristotle. And he would do a very, I, I'm not going to get into it. I really, I really can't talk in a race manager, but it was awful. And he was once asked, but you preach such beautiful things, worlds of wisdom. This is what he said. From here up, I'm Aristotle. From here down, I'm an animal. Famous quote. It's quoted. He said, like, well, don't, what do you want from me? I know what's right, but I do what I want. I do what's pleasurable. Make sense to you? Sounds just a case of. Aristotle really should have had his head buried also where? In Mars Machpel. He knew what was right. This is Aesop. Aesop knew what's right and wrong. He just didn't have the ability to what? Interestingly, this week's parasha, what does Yaakov say? Fahili. When it, shor v'chamor. Why not gemalim? A shor is 100% kosher. A chamor is 100% not kosher. A gemal is quasi. Yaakov says, I stay away from that. I have shor, I have chamor. I'm very clear what's right and wrong. So what's the Navi telling us today? The goal of us is we're living in a world of Esau where people are smarter than they ever were, right or wrong. The brilliance today but if you excuse me, we're as stupid as we ever were as well. Some of the stuff going around, if you told it to your grandmother lived 100 years ago, she would just laugh at you. We're the smartest and we're the stupidest at the same time because we have brilliant heads. 
but people are allowing all sorts of things because people should be able to explore any desire they have. That's the freedom we live in. That's Golas Esav. We're, we're expected to be Yaakov. We're expected to be Avadias. We're expected that we're going to live in a world of Esav. But we need to be Yaakov. We need to be on top. We don't let hate. I'm proud to say, many of you don't even know what the shul went through as far as there were things made up, things that were spread about us. It's really, I, I didn't even tell the most people in the shul, it's just painful. And we decided we don't do that. We don't fall. We stay above. It's not who we are. We don't let hate go back. Still saying good morning to everyone, the people that I know what they're doing behind our back. We don't work that way. We're controlled by here. We don't say what we want. We don't let our, our just because someone hates, we don't hate back. It's not who we are. But in the world of Asaph, just remember, when you look around next time, this will seem so obvious to you. The connection. Why are we longing for the base? Why did Asaph destroy our base on Mikdash? Let's go to the depth. We're forgetting what to get back to all the things I, I started. Why did Asaph build the base on Mikdash? Why is he biting Yaakov's neck? That base on Mikdash is what he can't deal with. What does it mean a Yid can eat a piece of meat, a piece of steak, and get a kapara? You know what the base of Mikdash was? People playing beautiful music. I hate to say it. An upscale restaurant. I mean, totally. Please, uh, please don't take this out of context. I'm saying this like, imagine you left. Rabbi Halpern said, Beis Amikdash was a music, right. People sat with music in the background, eating a piece of meat and getting a kapara. Sounds like a dream come true, right? Because we sat in the Beis Amikdash, the Levine were playing to our neshamas. And we had kavana. we sat and we put our hands on the behemoth and we cried tears of regret. And then they took an animal and the kayin takes a piece. And you take a piece. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kiviyachol, 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 of course, takes a piece. On the Mizbeach. It's all one. There's no Olam Hazes, says Yaakov. There's no Olam Hazes. Yaakov doesn't know what Esau's talking about. Yaakov looks and says, these women, these children, this is all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is not, Esau, you're making a mistake. You want to have Olam Hazes. I don't have an ounce of Olam Hazes. I only have Olam Hazes. I'll take questions. I just want to dismiss whoever wants to go. So, in a nutshell, this is the war of Yaakov and Esau. And this is why when we talk about Esau, we say, you let the best Migdash go down. Because Bochus says, listen to this, I'll take the most brilliant nations in the world of Edom, and I'll remove your Chachma. I'll remove you. You won't have wisdom anymore. And you're going to be chased out of your place. It's Mamash Midekinegimida, of you not letting your minds control your body and watch your brother getting killed. I will remove your minds, and I will take away all the Chachma, all the protection systems that you put into place, when Mashiach comes and we come get you, we'll all fall apart. And I'll finish here. Obviously, there's many questions. I'm happy to take any questions that you have. Okay.